Hey guys, it's Tony. I'm here to talk to you about Awaken Conference. Now, Awaken is a young adult gathering in Charlotte, North Carolina from January 31st to February 2nd, 2020. And it's meant to help you recharge your spiritual life and connect with a community that you can grow your faith alongside. Now, this year's presenters include a killer lineup with Caleb Isley of Humans of Adventism and, of course, a friend of the podcast. He's been on a few episodes. Kim Cove, a licensed counselor, and Randy Ban, the creative producer at Nike World Headquarters. The keynotes will be brought by Ben Lundquist of the Rise and Lead podcast, uh, a good friend of mine and an amazing speaker. Trust me, guys, you will not want to miss out. And Absurdity will be there. So me and Becker, uh, you get, get to see us if you come out. Uh, would love to come and talk to you. We absolutely think that this is something you're going to want to come and see. Speaking of, if you enter the code Absurdity at awakennc.com, that's Absurdity, A-B-S-U-R-D-I-T-Y, at awakennc.com, you're going to get a 10% discount. We'd love to see you there. This is absolutely something that we support, and we think that Awaken is a part of the growing church movement that we want to see moving forward. Once again, if you enter code absurdity at awakennc.com, you'll get a 10% discount off the initial price. Love to see you guys there. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Absurdity, an exploration of all things absurd in religion, culture, and society. And I'm your host, Ryan Becker. And yes, I am incredibly sick today. So we're going to figure out how to muddle through it. Yeah, we're going to we're just going to fight through this one. Uh, and then I'm joined by Tony Anobili. So, Tony, welcome back. It is. Uh, it's good, good to, to be back. I was going to say, it's good to have just the two of us again. Yeah. Um, I know that People wanted more guests for a while, so we answered that call. Yeah. Uh, almost all of our <laughs> just, 90 episodes had a guest. Just a bit. And how do we no, have... That was good because like, it, sometimes it comes in waves like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Just between like me being a student and you having a job where you travel a lot, um, sometimes it's really hard to find people and just be like, hey, let's sit down, let's actually record this thing. Because um, a lot of times you don't have like an hour with someone. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like, but... At the same time, me being able to travel a lot for work also means that I've had access to people that I normally wouldn't have access to. So right, yeah. It ends up being like a net good thing for sure. Um, but I digress. I am, I'm glad to have the two of us back talking about this because I think uh, what we're talking about today is kind of a huge deal. Um, <laughs> uh, it's something that just happened, but this episode, I guess we're recording this like three weeks in advance. Um, so... By the time that we talk about this, and by the time that, listener, you're hearing about this, uh, it, this was July 3 is when this happened. We're recording this on July 7, so that tells you the time. So let no one say we don't cover current events. It's just that we don't release the episode when yeah. the event is still current. We cover it. We just don't, we just don't talk about it in time. Yeah. So basically— So have you all heard about uh, <laughs> Inception? My just, gosh. Yeah. Oh, man, the new Dark Knight. Did you hear that Heath Ledger has been cast as Joker? Isn't really excited. Really excited to see how this Iron Man is going to pan out. I don't know. Robert Downey Jr. is a has-been. That's man. a big risk. That's a big risk. But he was good in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. So. Yeah, but like he's he's an alcoholic, and I just don't think him and Chris Hemsworth. Who the heck is Chris it Hemsworth? Could it, could Thor? it could work. It could work. We'll see. Nah. It could work. It could work. I've already invested money. I wish I had invested money in it. Oh, my. Gosh, I could have got in on Bitcoin at 500, man. Yep. That's like people wonder, where would you go if you could time travel? Probably back to w when I still had modern plumbing and medicine, but could also invest in things that I missed out on investing in. That's about just, where I stand. Just like Apple, you know what right? I mean? Or Google yeah. or just one of those. Because you know what I would do? I would take out a personal loan and then I would throw all of it at Bitcoin and then <laughs> and then pull yeah. out. Uh, yeah. That's what I would do. Um, don't actually do that. That's terrible financial advice, by the way. No, it it it's the it's the whole Back to the Future thing of like, oh yeah, you know, you can't cheat. Um, the other thing is, I would just take out a personal loan, put it in the bank. You wouldn't even need, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you wouldn't even need to uh, between the CD account and whatever. And yeah, because if you came, although back, like. Yeah. But you'd probably interest, have something in interest check. rate on the loan. But yeah, like do something like that where you're putting 
like investments and just leave it like don't make a high risk trade i don't know whatever i i don't know enough about finances to actually continue this conversation so <laughs> yeah with, from here on welcome to the money cast with tony and ryan uh where we talk about finances from a completely ignorant soybeans 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 uh, <laughs> so um the uh the big thing that happened was in um in swansboro north carolina the there was a Methodist church, the Swansboro United Methodist Church, uh, had I guess this this girl who was a worship leader. She's a teenager. Uh, she was in the bathroom right before she was supposed to lead worship, and she was in church. She was at church in I think like shorts and a t shirt, and uh, the shorts were short. Like they're not just like knee length shorts or you know they're. I mean, they're, they're jean shorts. They're what we're all used to seeing as shorts, I think. Uh, and basically there's this incident that's gone viral where she was confronted in the bathroom by an older female member who basically told her that she shouldn't be wearing uh, those clothes and being on stage in the church and leading worship. And so the girl starts recording this, which I'm not sure what the legality is of the fact that she recorded it in a bathroom, but it's not a public restroom but I don't like, or is it a public restroom if it's on private? Like, I, I, I don't know how all of that interacts, but I think yeah. that, I think that's missing the forest for the trees. If we think about that or dwell on that too long, I think it's considered like reporting at that point. Like yeah. it's not an interview or anything. It's yeah. It's well, and North, to you. and North Carolina is a one party recording state, but that's for audio, not, not necessarily video. So she records this and Basically, the the woman. I remember there, there's one part in the video, and you, we'll have links in the in the show notes if you haven't heard about this or seen this. Because there's a part of this story that I don't think many people actually know about. That's pretty wild. Um, but she, at one point, the girl goes, "Are you saying I'm fat?" And she and the woman responds with, "Are you saying you're not?" And uh, proceeds to tell her that she needs to be wearing a dress that's below the knees, or at least shorts that are to the knees. That she's too fat to be wearing the shorts that she had on. Um, and I'm sorry, she wasn't about to lead worship. She had just come off stage, uh, from leading worship with, with, with the worship band. So this whole thing happens. The girl gets really offended at that and starts swearing, cussing out the, the woman saying like, get, get the F away from me, you know, uh, stop effing bothering me, that kind of thing. Um, and the older one's like, don't swear at me. I have every right to be saying this to you, that kind of thing. And it just, so the girl records it, puts it on Twitter, goes viral then the the girl uh the person that or the church leader that talked to her was named it was eventually found out who she was and people started sending her like death threats and terrible things so then the girl posted another video saying like hey i forgive this woman like obviously i was hurt by what she said but i forgive her i don't want people doing her saying hurtful things to her please don't do that and that and so since then the woman who accosted the girl uh, has stepped down. She's resigned from her leadership position and she has written an, a personal apology to uh, the girl's name is, I think, um, let me see if I can't, Jenna Munger, Jenna Munger. And you probably can't understand that name at all because that is a very hard name to pronounce when your nose is not working the way that it should. <laughs> Uh, so that's, that is what it is. The, <laughs> the, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, now here's the crazy part that no one knows. And Tony, I can't imagine, I can imagine, but like this, this is a hellish situation to walk into, right? So the pastor of the church, he, his first Sunday, uh, was last week was July 3, was his first Sunday, and the incident at Swansboro happened the week prior. So he was a brand new pastor in this church. This whole thing has gone viral right before his first day. So his first big thing that he walks into is having to wrestle with this. This uh, this huge hi. thing where, yeah, where everyone's um, looking. What do you, like, what... What's up, all the fatties out there? I mean, uh... that's that's the crazy part to me. And it, like, don't get me wrong. Hold up, don't get me wrong. The whole thing is crazy and should never have happened. It, it, it's 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 
it's a comical, almost farcical yeah. situation. It, like, where it's for, like for it him. should never have happened. Yes, and like the reason I think it's crazy to me is because like I could totally like kind of identify with the pastor here of going like, yeah, you just walked in and now you have to figure out how to deal with this. Uh, it's really, really hard uh, to to navigate that. So I feel for him. I feel for Jenna especially. Yeah. Um, I am proud of the woman who resigned as a result of her stuff. I granted she was probably told like you have to resign, but still um, I'm glad she did. I'm glad that she wrote a personal apology. And like, so Munger said Wednesday, so this was July three that she has not yet talked to Bahari in person, but has received a letter of apology. She said the apology and positive support she has received since posting the video has meant a lot. Everyone has been so loving and caring. So for her, the apology was really kind of enough as far as the personal interpersonal struggle there with the other member. It's what it seems like. So I'm going to go ahead and say that the apology was a good thing here. Like it didn't stoke the fire. It didn't make it worse. It literally tried to make things better. So I'm going to go ahead and count that as a win. Um, So respect to her for doing that and for owning that. But like, honestly, it should have never happened. That was, I think that was like the worst way to handle it from a church leadership point of view too. And the fact that it happened right after a worship service in the church is even worse, in my opinion. Uh, it's just it's just a mix of all terrible, <laughs> just just like the worst possible optics possible for that kind of conversation. So, yeah. what are your what are your initial thoughts on this one? I mean, it's crazy. Um, one of the things I think was interesting. Okay, so kind of backing away from that whole situation i think it's amazing that technology has connected us to a point where we can now discuss things that are going on in swansboro north carolina and we can address things one of the reasons why and i think the main reason why uh the young lady put it up there jenna right yeah Yeah. um one of the reasons why she put that up there is because she said i wanted people to know that they're not alone Hmm. that if they deal with this, it's not just them. And I think that that truly is the amazing thing for me about this story is like, we can now, we can now come together as a community. um, Even when we in that community are struggling with people in that community. Um, I wish there was like a only Christian version of it so that we could deal with it more internally. Cause obviously this is going to cause, you know, putting it online like that is going to, it's going to, there are going to be repercussions with those who are non-believers because for some people it'll just uh, reaffirm or reconfirm um, their beliefs about the church and it's all a bunch of hypocrites and horrible people. Mm-hmm. For some people it'll uh, bring up, you know, the fears that they have. But at the same time, it's like, okay, <clears throat> one of the reasons why you can't deal with a problem is that you won't acknowledge it, you know, any, any 12 step program, you know, AANA, celebrate recovery, whatever. The first step is always acknowledge that there's an issue. And I think one of the reasons why we as a church stagnate a lot. And one of the reasons why we like, we don't grow the way we should is because we won't acknowledge that there's a problem. Um, Paul was great for that. You know, if you look at the early church, like Paul would walk in and be like, y'all aren't spending enough time with the Gentiles. Peter, you specifically are not spending, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I think that's awesome. So that, that was my first initial reaction to all of that was like, man, it's so cool that we can now deal with this together, you know? Um, beyond that, I think it's symptomatic of a bigger issue that I sense. Um, The reaction of the lady, I I don't condone, um, you know, Jenna's reaction. Obviously she came, you know, she reacted defensively and hurt. Um, I don't condone that. I don't think, you know, you, as, as Christians were called to a higher standard, you know, you, you have to, you have to realize that in that moment that it's not about you, that, older person, that older figure is dealing with something that is beyond that exact moment. And so even though she's younger, what does that mean? You know, doesn't matter. You know, don't, don't react back with, with, um, 
Yeah, and and you're not saying she deserved it, and, and, and I'm not, and I'm not saying no. that she even you're reacted. You're just like we can treat, we can handle those situations. We, better she could have handled moment. it better. Yeah, so I'm not can, condoning. I, I can, yeah. I'm not yeah. condoning that. I'm not condemning her for doing it. It's a natural reaction. But I think as Christians, we need to because we are confronted. I mean, I I would I would bet every dollar I have, all eighty of them, <laughs> uh, grad school life. I would bet all of the money that I currently have right now. Um, that every Christian has had some sort of negative experience like this if they've been in the church longer than 10 years. 10 years plus, you have some situation like this. Um, I've had it. I had it multiple, multiple times as pastor. Uh, yeah. Of course, that's a little bit of a lightning rod. Uh, but I, I had it as a member multiple times. Um, I was a Pathfinder director. Pathfinders are like Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts for for the Adventist Church. I've never had parents yell at me. I was a teacher for a year, and I didn't have parents yell at me the way they did when I was a Pathfinder director. And so we've all dealt with situations like that, and I think that we need to react to it um, just better, you know, because you have to be able to look at that. Now, that being said, the older lady, Bahani, I think is her yeah, name? Yeah, Bahani, I think, or Bahani, Bahani something like Bahani. that. The older lady, yeah. Bahani, you know. Oh, Bahari, Bahari, Bahari. That's what it is. Thank you. I knew it was like ah, something there. Um, you know her her reaction in that video, her actions, everything like that speaks to me. To it's a symptom of a higher issue. You can deal with the the body shaming, um, but I think it really goes down to this idea of, and we've talked about it a little bit before, but accountability versus conviction. Um. And I think we I think we specifically talked about this, you know, in like one of the 30s or 40s in our in our episodes back there. But, um, you know, accountability is when you and I are in a relationship. Um, we have a connection. We know each other. We know our names. We know our faults. Um, we know our strengths. You know, we're friends. Um, and you reveal to me, you know, your convictions. And. I see you going against that, right? So if, like, right now Becker's wearing, like, an orange shirt, I'm guessing. orange like a salmon. Peach. Yeah. Salmon. Um, that's the most California thing you've ever said. Okay. Thank you. I take pride so, in my work. Um, he's wearing, like, a salmon shirt. And if he comes to me and says, you know what? I think salmon. And let's just make it, you know, salmon doesn't go well with me. And I don't, you know, I just need to not do that. And I see him online, you know, looking at salmon shirts. And I go, dude, come on. You told me that salmon isn't a good color for you. Or let's say that you really believe that wearing that color is a sin. That is something that you just, and I see you doing this. My job is to hold you accountable to the convictions that you have, right? Yeah. Conviction is something that only the Holy Spirit can do. And I think a lot of times we assume that being a leader in a church automatically grants you permission to speak into all areas of someone's life. I know I've kind of fallen in that trap a little bit as a pastor. Um, I, I thankfully I never did that, but you get that mentality. Like I, I know that rhythm because I kind of felt it where I was like, I yep. saw someone and you might even have the perspective to see that flaw, but you cannot rush the Holy Spirit's job. Um, you're going to do a much worse job than the Holy Spirit. Um, my personal one was our church was in dire needs of finances. We were trying to build a building, whatever. I saw a church member of mine who had a very nice car, a very, very expensive, nice car. Okay. And this particular church member had argued against spending money to, to build a church. And I'm all about not going into debt to build a church. Uh, but just, it wasn't going to happen if we didn't, you know, go into a little bit of debt. Um, and I mean, we are talking about, you know, millions of dollars, so it's not a little bit, but for a congregation, it's not undoable, um, especially congregation, our size, it, it's not crazy, but he just this big person. And I want and, and I just saw this, what I assumed was a hypocrisy of dude, really, you're going to, you're going to argue that, you know, yeah. we don't, we don't have this, but you have that. And, and God looked at me and he, re and I really, it was one of those moments where I didn't hear a voice, but I got a sensation saying, you don't know his story. I will deal with this in my time. Yeah. And I just realized, you know, I don't know their story. They could have grown up on the streets eating, you know, 
dirt, going hungry, you know, without clothes or whatever. And and this is their safety net. This is their line. This is this is the only way that they don't, you know, panic and can sleep at night. I don't know. I don't know. You know, they might have had a silver spoon in their mouth. I don't know. And God's trying to break them. I I, I don't know their story. And so as I began to know this person, get to know them, you know, they they really just were under conviction of no debt. That was really all it was. They didn't they didn't necessarily not want to build a church or whatever. They just really were under conviction of no debt. And so because of that, they just applied this blanket statement to anything. Um and but at that moment, you know, you have that. But the reality is we do not have we do not have the right to convict people. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit would, brings about convictions. I would say we don't even have really the ability to convict people to some extent. Um, <laughs> like we do, like that's why I say to some extent. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I could see that. I mean, I and, think here's here's the thing. The reason why I say we we do maybe have the ability is because I think the Holy Spirit can give you that ability. Well, that, but that's what I'm saying. But you don't have but it just yes, inherently on your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really. So my Facebook arguments are so dumb to me. Oh yeah, I just got on uh, Twitter one earlier today. But it's like, I, it, it just. Twitter's different. Twitter's a little bit different than Facebook, yeah. though. But, okay. So I yeah. agree with you. And I, and I agree with all of that. Um, I definitely do. And I think for me, the issue of body shaming here, too, is there's a way, like, if you are concerned about, like, the, the problem here wasn't that she was concerned about someone's weight, she was concerned about someone's appearance. Right. So this woman that confronted her, like, okay, so let's, let's just, let's just say, for whatever, for all intents and purposes, that this girl's actually fat. At what point does the conversation that plays out in the video ever even center around anything health related or any sort of concern for the girl herself? It is completely. Yeah. There's yeah. no concern for the girl herself. The entire conversation. So even if you want to say like the girl's fat, she needs to be told she's fat. She needs to. Okay, that's a not was, your job to tell the truth. Yeah, yeah, the truth needs to be told. The truth hurts, you know, whatever. No, she wasn't saying the truth. Like, she was just trying to create a, or, or perpetuate a church culture that that the that she liked and and things that she's convicted on. But she was not at all looking out for this girl. And even if she was saying, like, oh, you should lose weight. Like, hey, I'm really concerned about your health. You should lose weight. Even if that had been the conversation, given the context, it still would have been selfishly motivated. So to me, and, and clearly it, it wasn't a like, policy thing, right? No, because they no. didn't come in with a a respectful, hey, look. Because I've had to have conversations like that at at camp. You know, at summer camp they have a very strict, you know, dress policy, and you had to come in. Look, this is the policy. It's below the knee. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, it's not even me. That's not. It was. Yeah, it was. It was attacking. It was. It was yep. aggressive. Well, and and modesty culture as a whole is never is never. I've never heard one conversation around modesty that has to do with preserving the not even preserving, but really looking out for the woman. Um, it's always looking out for the men or trying to uh, prevent the men from falling into sin or from sinning themselves. So even 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 the conversations around watch how you dress so that a man doesn't rape you, right? Um, even that conversation, it's it's prevent the men from doing something bad by dressing well. But it's not like hey, and you those are the and those are the best of the worst yeah. arguments. Yeah, those. Yeah, exactly. They're, but they're all terrible. They're all terrible arguments. But every conversation you want to talk about dress code and to the knee. I've never been told my shorts need to go to the knee. And guys' shorts are getting shorter and shorter now. They're almost as short as a lot of girls' shorts are at this point. They're like, getting to the eighties basketball yeah, got, John Stockton's. Yeah. So like. I've never been told that. I have been told no tank tops before. Fair enough. But I've never been told my shirt was too low cut. I've never been told. I have been told my pants were too and, tight by a and, church member. And he does wear low cut shirts. It's true. Ladies um, and gentlemen, he wears the, low cut shirts. <laughs> the, the I did have a, a woman in my church once tell me that my pants were too tight when I preached and it was distracting, which let that be what it is. But I, I know that that only happened once. So I'm not going to say like I fully understand or empathize, but I get how that makes a girl feel when they're told like, "Oh, your 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 shirt t-shirt's too tight or low cut. It was distracting." Cool. Stop looking at that. A. But B, uh the the funny thing about that was I decided to do an experiment with it. I wore the exact same pair of pants the next time I was there and I went up to her afterwards and I said, "Hey, so how are these pants? Any better?" She goes, "Oh, much better." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I 
so I'm not the, even laughing because I'm like, yeah, no, it's, that's it, it's, yeah. So the the and and the way she framed it too, members are saying or people are saying, no, they're not. Yeah, You're no, they're saying. Not. I, if anyone comes up to me with that phrase, oh well, people are saying, I'm like, oh, we'll have them come say it to me. I will never respond. I have never, and I will never. Well, I always and never. I <laughs> try I not to make it a point to to not. Uh, intentionally not respond when someone says something like that. Yeah. Well, people are saying, okay, what people? Show me the poll. Cite your stats, right? Like, yep. I, either you're saying it or or no one's saying it. That's yep. how I view it. And I'm like, well, they've asked me to speak for them. Well, then they can come up and speak to me. Yep. Now, it, you know, there might be a difference in... It, the- you can set a text thread for crying out, like something. Yeah. But I, I, I can see where there might be a problem where if they're scared of you or like you're an authoritarian leader or you have traits that are leading down that path that they would be afraid to talk to you so they do send someone who's like i could see there being right. a gray area there but 90 percent but then, but then of the at time, least show no. up yeah. yeah and and by the way an email or a text message is not aggressive like it's it's not you can i've sent that to people who scare me before you know what I mean? You can do that fairly easily yes, because but, there's the the the. But I understand what you're saying. But an I email, get what you're saying with that. An email or letter with Bible verses in it is aggressive. It's passive aggressive. Uh, it can be. It's the worst kind of aggressive. It can be. Um, yeah. So so modesty, like all the conversations on modesty, uh, in general, they don't seem to be about preserving so, anything about the woman. And the only thing that it really is preserving is like, so if a woman doesn't follow modesty culture the way that it, they should, quote unquote, then they lose the value. So I, I looked up modesty and this is the, the three definitions that was given for modesty. Number one, the quality or state of being unassuming or moderate in the estimation of one's own abilities. Right. So humble, basically. Right. Um, you know, with typical modesty, they insisted on sharing the credit with others. Etc. Uh, number two, the quality of being relatively moderate, limited, or in small amount, rate, or level. The modesty of their political aspirations, right? Modest. Uh, then you have the third one. Behavior, manner, and appearance intended to avoid impropriety or indecency. But check it out. These are the synonyms that go with it. Unpretentiousness, simplicity, plainness, lack of pretension, inexpensiveness, lack of extravagance. That I have never heard a modesty policy based on that. No, I have I, not I, heard I think in we, my I think life. We argue based against on like that. I think we've I think a lot of people have argued against jewelry and makeup and stuff like that based but on again, those again, words. No, based on those just words, des- yes. But what did you just describe? No, I'm saying they've argued against them those to be are... modest, to be plain, right. and to be inexpensive. But you just described women. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, no, it, that was it, yeah, that's my entire I, point. If you use it on that, then you will have a policy that says no Gucci suits, no fancy watches, no. You know what I mean? Like, oh, and yes, that, okay. I've never seen one based on that. I've seen that's one not based holistic. on yeah. because because oh well, you know, it's about not being extravagant. Well, what what defines extravagant? Because I've seen people wear ties more expensive than my entire wardrobe before. Yeah, easy, and and uh, just. So this is, and here's the other thing. Who's the one that have created modesty culture and taught? It's men. Like, can we just, it's men. Women haven't even been able to hold real leadership positions in the church until the last hundred or so years. Even Ellen White, meh, as far as leadership is concerned. Um, So this is like. And like, I know that there, there are parts in the Bible where Paul specifically talks about modesty within the women. And if you understand that from again, and I hate, I hate that I have to go back to this every time I do Paul. But if you actually look at the cultural context of what he's talking about, he's saying don't look like you belong to the temple priestesses. Is basically what he's saying. Like don't look like you're single if you're married. Yeah. Don't go. You know. Don't dress like you're trying to find a husband when you already have a husband. And it's it has nothing. It's it's not. Oh, don't go attracting men. It's present who you are because you know back in that cultural context there were certain things. So even in that, 
you know, he's saying it's based on our current culture. This is not a principle. He's specifically basing it on that culture. And, and it's not, it's not like, again, I'm looking at the definition of modesty in, in the English language. And I'm like, our modesty culture is about control and about, it's not restriction because the restriction sounds it's about trying to it's about limiting limiting that's a that's a better word for it. it's about limiting and it's like well okay i understand that and i can i can get behind that but at the same time you have to limit both sides there should be a limitation i can't get behind the control thing I, I I can understand the limit thing. No, 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 not control. I, like not control. Not not yeah. control. But I'm saying like limit both. Yeah. Um, you know, and and that in that sense, I do respect what uh, like a lot of times summer camps or um, you know educational places they'll have a dress code, but they'll do it for both women. It's you know below the knee. Men, you have to wear some sort of a shirt with a collar or yeah. something. You well, know? and 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 shout out to what? Uh, shout out to Southern on this one for the no tank tops rule on both genders. Yeah. As much as I would love to wear a tank top while working out or playing sports or whatever, like, yeah, shout out. At least if you said no tank tops and that's the, that's the environment you want. At it's least you said it across the, the board. Everybody give them that. Nobody wears tank tops. And, so, and that's fair. Even if I disagree and, and, with the rule and, as a whole. And it's not that you can't wear tank tops like on campus. You just can't go to class. It's like, yes. if you're going to class where, you know, something that outside of that, yeah, you know, yeah. But at the, same, at the same time, men can't wear shorts <laughs> uh, to class, but yeah. women can wear uh, women can wear skirts. So August is it August and September are terrible months for any men yeah. in Chattanooga. But it's okay. Um, Someone once bet me. Uh, I can't remember the amount of money if I would wear like a like a a kilt or a lava lava or something. Yeah, um, I didn't take yeah. it up, but but yeah. So that's like that's kind of. Modesty culture is not about actually modest. It's not about modesty. It's about it's about deflecting the blame for men's sins onto external factors. That's yeah. what modesty culture is. It, and, it takes the responsibility away. Yeah, this woman who who you know accosted Jenna in the bathroom was told or was was taught this. Like I remember, uh, I remember I would I have this philosophy when I'm pastoring that leaders eat last. There's actually a book about it. And this idea that I want to make sure that all of my church members have the opportunity to eat food before I do. I'll have the leftovers of the scraps, but I want to make sure that everyone else gets food. My church members who are in their 60s, small town South Carolina, could not accept that. And we butted heads, not like hard, but we we had some real tension every every Sabbath because they were raised believing that men, all the men go first and the women eat last. And so there was this complete ideological difference right it'd be different if i was a female pastor conflict yeah yeah there was there's was, there was this ideological conflict there that was really hard to reconcile and so sometimes i gave in to them sometimes they gave in to me and that was kind of the compromise but like they were taught this and that's my point this woman was taught uh, that modesty looked a certain way and really it was about control and she accepted it at some point she accepted that and she either just chooses to not think about the the control aspect of modesty or I don't know. I I don't know exactly what, but at some point she did accept that this is this is how it is, and that's sad to me because there was a there was an opportunity for a beautiful conversation to take place there, uh, and it didn't it didn't happen. And now there's there's another side of this too, right? So this frames modesty culture frames women and their bodies as a stumbling block. So. And you have to hide your body. It literally, it teaches women that their body is inherently sinful. And shameful, yeah. And shameful. It's something to hide. Lauren Seibold wrote a great article about that in Adventist Today. Yep. So I'm going to link to that article actually in the show notes as well. But it's atoday.org and it's men take responsibilities for your own temptations. But really that's what, that's all modesty culture is. It's just us so that we can say, oh, it's not my fault that I lusted. She was wearing something. She asked for it. It's victim blaming is what it is. And, you know, you sinned because you gave into your temptations. You're trying to create a world where you're not tempted, but temptation itself isn't sin. What you do with temptation and what you do with your temptation is. 
And this is not like you have the responsibility to your own body. I have the responsibility to my own body. And it is not a woman's fault for dressing the way that she does, whoever she is. And it is not her job to make sure that you don't sin. And that actually leads me into my next point, which he also addresses in the article, but it's, it's the stumbling block argument, right? So the stumbling block argument is it's from Romans 14. It basically says, don't be a stumbling block to, uh, to someone else. Um, and I think in Matthew 18 as well, woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. So the, uh, we, we tell women, don't be a stumbling block to men. Don't be a stumbling block. Don't be a stumbling block. But the, 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 the context of the stumbling block is that it doesn't assume an equal relationship between two people. The stumbling block theology, stumbling block theology, actually, if you read Romans 14 for treating someone who's weak in their faith and Matthew 18, it is talking about an unbalanced or unequal, not necessarily, I I, I mean, power differential. Uh, We referenced this in the episode with Sarah McDougal, but it's a power differential between two people. So it's a weak, it's someone weak in the faith versus someone strong in the faith, so to speak. It's a, uh, the Matthew 18, he's talking about children. Woe to those who cause one of my little ones to stumble, right? It's a, it's a power differential. So it's not about being a stumbling block or it's not about trying to not be a stumbling block to someone who isn't, uh, to someone who is just in your church or another church member. It's about not being a stumbling block to someone who's weak in the faith and like is still trying to grow and figure things out and ask questions and they're trying new things and they may have overreacted to something or whatever. And, but it is not to be, go ahead. You're good. No, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, It's not meant to be a believer to a believer, people who are in equal standing and it's not meant for the weaker people to look up to the stronger people and say, hey, you have to serve me. Um, and it's not meant for the stronger people to look down on the weaker people and be like, hey, because that's the way we use it is for the people who've been in the church for 60 years, right? The girl comes in and she's wearing, so, oh, you can't, you know, ah, you can't wear that here. Take that makeup off. I have had stories told to me about pastors coming down off of the pulpit handing napkins to girls saying, wipe that mess off your face. This is the Lord's house. Yeah. During the sermon. Mm-hmm. That's not what it's meant for. Um, a perfect example of this, if you've ever met someone who has just been baptized, a lot of times they are super, I don't want to say legalistic, but they're very hype about following rules. Right, And so they get very, very hype about like, don't do, you know, like it, everything to the letter and to the dot. And Paul specifically talks about, okay, you and I know that it's, you can eat whatever you want and do all this stuff. But someone who comes in, who's just started believing and they're like, it must be all kosher and all vegan. Like, okay, don't eat the meat for them. Right. They come in and they have to celebrate the Jewish holidays because they need that tradition. They need those rules to begin in their faith. Celebrate it with them. Worship with them, right? Don't be don't be a stumbling block in their growth. It's not a stumbling block in their perfection, right? You as the stronger person, who is the mature person, who understands that there's gray areas, who understands cultural context, who understands, you know, certain things, you go down to this young and you say, hey, let me work with you. Mm-hmm. Right. If you need to, if you need to have the Jewish holidays, hey, I'm, let's celebrate the Jewish holidays together. If you're like, hey, it has to be vegan. Hey, let's. I'm going to eat this vegan meal with you. Right. It's not about me as a stronger person grabbing someone weaker and saying you're being a stumbling block to my perfection. Yeah. Well, and and the other side of this too is like I was sitting with a pastor once, and we had just left a, a program where it was an older pastor. And the program was let it was a worship program, and the worship portion of it was led by college students, and it was on a raised stage from where we were sitting. And he was like, "Yeah, man, it was so great, uh, except for the 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 girl singer, the female singer. Her dress was just oh, it was so distracting because like she's above us, and I'm looking up at them, and I just couldn't. I had to I had to just sing with my eyes closed the entire time, and it was just a really it just really got in the way. And I was like, "Dude, look." There's a million other places on that stage to look at. And there's seven other people on the stage with her. On top of that, like, 
No, you're a pastor. She's a college student. There's a power differential. And no, it is absolutely not her job to make sure that your eyes don't stumble. It's your job. So to be fair, I'm glad that he closed his eyes at least, so he chose to look elsewhere to some extent. But the fact that he had to complain and felt like it was something that got in the way of his worship, like, nah, dude, you're you're considered, so to speak, stronger uh, than than this person is. In the same way, this woman that that approached Jenna, she is a she's serving on committees that she resigned from, and she was the lay delegate to the to the state conference for North Carolina for the for the Methodist Church, right? So. She's in these positions. This girl, as far as we know, only leads worship. She just sings with the band. There's no authority with singing with the band. Like she isn't, she's not making decisions for the church. She's not making decisions that impact the rest of the church outside of like the way she sings. So it's, it's, it's a complete power unbalance and it's not okay. And honestly, like I meant to say this earlier and I don't want to forget it, but like, I think that the way that the whole thing was revealed via Twitter I'm scared for how different different it would have been if she had just shown the video to her pastor. Yeah, and I'm no, I'm not, I'm not trying to project something onto their specific. I pastor, wonder about that, but I can especially easily, a new one coming in. I could easily picture picture a, a bigger deal being made out of the fact that she responded by cursing and recording it than by the actual altercation itself. And um, like uh, I think. I think this plays into something I've been saying for a while, which is I yeah. think that social media has put us into a, a reformation in the church because we're finally able to hold people accountable for the things that need to be held accountable to. Yeah. This woman inappropriately um, approached and accosted a, a church member. This church leader inappropriately— Regardless, regardless of what she was wearing. Yeah, it was the whole thing was inappropriate. It you was inappropriate. her in the bathroom? Like, hey, um, I really want to talk to you about something. There's, there's some, you know, can we go grab Starbucks? Yes. Or, or, hey, you know what? I, I really appreciate how you're saying, but I just want, I just want you to know, this was something that was on my heart. Here's the thing, because we love talking about Matthew 18, right, with the model of the how to confront, right? It starts out with you going up to someone. If you see your, your, your brother or sister in sin, um, you go up and you, and you talk to them, right? And then if you see, uh, you know, they're not listening, then you come with other people, then you come with an elder, then you, okay. This went beyond any one of that. This went yep. beyond anything. And it, and it took it to a place where it was never supposed to be. So she circumvented, even if you said, oh, well, you know, it's that Matthew 18 model. Well, she circumvented all of that, you know? And, and it's just frustrating to me that we continually have, these types of confrontations um and and it just i don't know it it it, it, it's frustrating once again with the matthew 18 thing and sarah brought this out on the episode on episode 95 right yeah which is power differential it says if a brother sins against you it's a personal sin against you it is not meant to be just if a brother sins in general or if another person sins it's a brother, someone on equal le- footing with you. And I'm sorry, the church leader, church member, is not a, a equal yeah. brother yeah. relationship. It's That's not. That's why it says go to the elder, right? Yeah. Um, I, as a pastor, very rarely confronted anybody. An elder, basically, that's it, because I'm I'm confirmed as an elder, and really, to me, the pastor is just kind of the, the teaching elder, um, in my personal estimation of what the the actual Bible says about what the pastoral role should be and how we've interpreted that. Uh, it's just one of the elders. He's kind of, he or she uh, is the, the, the elder that does the teaching and that's their whole job is specifically to learn and, and to help with that. So you can confront your elders, but outside of that, you shouldn't be confronting members on things. Um, it, it's a power differential and it causes an issue. Um, Brian, you were telling me about a, a personal story that you had. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it fits perfectly in what we're talking about here. So I was at I was at a Bible study. I was the only Adventist there. Ironically, I was also the only pastor there. Um, and big Bible study. And this guy was telling was telling everyone about this was hilarious because they didn't know I was Adventist yet. And he was talking about his parents having recently started. Uh, he he couldn't remember what denomination they joined, but they basically converted away from the non denominational whatever they were, and. 
they this happened a couple years ago and he's like they stopped eating ham they started keeping the sabbath on saturdays <laughs> he basically just started like describing adventism and then he's and we were reading romans 14 and he was like you know and i know that they're just like i get that they're just weaker in their faith and they've taken you know just a just a big step back in their faith and and they're being really legalistic now and uh you know i just want to pray for them you know and um i don't i you know i don't want to be a stumbling block for them um, for sure, as I try and minister to them and work with them in their faith. And I just like laughed and I was like, I didn't, I decided not to get into it because it would have been me versus the whole room. But it was, it was this idea of like, he also assumed they were weaker in their faith because of their conviction. This was the other, that was the other side of it, right? Um, I, you're, I'm sitting, he's sitting with a pastor who is in the room with him in the denomination that he's saying is of a weaker faith. And I would argue that and I'm not saying I'm a stronger faith than him. That's not it at all. I don't think. In fact, I guarantee you that at that point in time, he was probably reading his Bible much more than I was, uh, reading mine, and doing church community better than I was doing mine. Right. So I'm not like this is not at all me accusing him of being a weaker faith, but it's just the right. assumption. Just that it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, that someone following their convictions is a weaker faith, and whether or not someone decides to add more structure to their life or take away structure, usually that's based on the context of their life, and it could be the thing that they need to grow. Just because it's not something that you would do doesn't mean it's weaker. It actually could be the thing that saves them. All right, so how do we then confront people in a way? Because there are some important topics, right? There are some things that we need to talk about. There are some things. Let's say say just for the sake of conversation that – this young lady that was doing this worship really was wearing something that was just, it was not appropriate, you know, for so worship. So she was wearing like a mesh, like a whole mesh. Yeah. Thing. Just, okay. just, it, just, it was just really, it was like, it was distracting. It was just really, it was just really not, okay, this is not cool. So how do we have that? Um, well, first of all, uh, the person who has the conversation is not just a random church member. Um, the person or church leader, the, the person that has that conversation is someone who's built a relationship with her and who's actually close with her and walking with her through life. Like it's, it's someone who has permission to speak into those kind of areas of someone's life. That's it. Like I I'm, I'm so over the, us using the pulpit pastors, using the pulpit as a way to, to harp on the soapboxes of personal behavior modification that we wish to see in others. Um, as far as how they dress or whatever, right? You you preach principles from the pulpit because you, if you get into specifics, you start um, holding people to standards that they shouldn't be held to. So you, you teach principles, but conversations are where things happen and you should be building relationships with your members. Like if you as a pastor want to have that conversation, now, okay, big difference here. Let's be clear, big difference here. If you've stated in your policies or in your manual, whatever, that there is a certain aesthetic or there's a certain something that you're going for and you're trying to create and promote in, in, on your stage, then you have every right to hold leaders who agree to lead and who ask to lead or volunteer, right? Whether it's a worship leader or whatever, to follow that same principle. So Elevation, in their literal policy, says that for worship leaders or anyone on stage, they must dress trendy. That's literally in their, their dress code policy that you must dress trendy, okay? Nothing wrong with an organization deciding a certain aesthetic is fine. But if those, if those standards haven't been clearly communicated to your volunteers, if they haven't, then you have no right to reprimand um, yeah. and hold them accountable to something that they never agreed to. Like you just, what you can inform it's, them like, hey, uh, I realized that I forgot to tell you this was the case. So look, no, no worries on what happened last time. But in the future, we really need to go forward. This is what this church, you know, this is what we voted on is appropriate or not appropriate for the pulpit, not for spiritual reasons, but it's just the, it's just what we've decided to do. That's a different conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I think that conversation also doesn't put a spiritual aspect the way the video did. Um you know, because you're like, hey, this is this is a policy that we're trying to set up versus you're not letting people get into heaven. Therefore, you won't get into heaven. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. Um, yeah, we need to disconnect the, the faith aspect, too, when it becomes when it comes to behavior or like, like, yeah. I guess I guess uh, church church uh, sanctioned, not church sanctioned behavior, but church agreed behavior. 
or church. Yeah. Yeah. Does that, I, I'm trying to think of, but like where the whole community has said, this is who we want to be. This behavior. is who we are. Yeah. yeah. This is who we are. And so that's who we are. Like, and if you want to be a member of this community, then this is what you do. It's the same with Christians. Like it, it, we do it in Christianity. We do it in atheism. You can't be an atheist if you believe in God. Like there's certain de facto things that the community has agreed upon. Like, yeah. no, this is how we do. This is who we are. And there's certain criteria that we meet to be who we are. Yeah. And, and I think that that's totally fair. And I think that it's great. And, um, you know, I think one thing when you are confronting someone like that, um, the way, the other thing to, to do is to first come with the mentality of how can I help this person grow? How can, you know what I mean? Like, how can I help this person? How, how can they walk away from this conversation better? Right. Um, that I think has to be the the mentality of it, because if you just come from a, I need to solve this problem, then I, I think you, you, you have a tendency. I have a tendency to be a little bit harsher because I'm not interested in you. I'm interested in solving the problem. And if I come in with the mentality yep. of, I want to, I want to, how can I make this? So I, I always talked about this, like, there was a situation um, when I was in a leadership position and it was a con- confrontation and um, they had an issue with me and I walked in and I, the first thing I did was say, how's your day going? Like, what's up? And we just had a personal conversation for 20 minutes. And then basically our time was up and I said, can we meet again? And they're like, I thought we were going to talk about this. And I go, that's, important and we need to do that but i just wanted to know how you were and i wasn't interested in making the conversation go you know in that direction and they said yeah let's let's meet up the next week never need to meet up a second time they sent me a text message a day later apologizing for the whole thing um Hmm. you know saying that hey you know what i i can see where you were coming from and um you know i think we just it could have been handled better and, and Hey, let's, let's just move on going forward. Mm. And it, it happened because I wasn't interested in solving the problem. I was interested in how can I make this? And, and, and I told them that in the, in the conversation, I go, look, Hey, it's more important for me to make sure that we're okay than, than to resolve this issue. Yep. Um, that's all I'm interested in. I want to make sure we're okay because th- that, that'll get resolved in the future. You know, it's not immediate. I want to make sure we're okay. Well, and, and there's an air to what you're saying too of understanding, right? Like you're coming in. Here's the other thing. Ask yourself when you go to confront someone about a behavior, ask like, Hey, what can I learn about this person? And and how can I understand this person better too? Um, because like, don't get me wrong. I get that. I've assumed a, a bit about, uh, the, the woman who, who interacted with this girl. If I had the chance to sit down with her, I would be curious and I would, I would want to hear her story. Um, and how she kind of landed where she's landed in her beliefs regarding dress. I'd be genuinely interested to hear that. What the, when I said I assumed something about her, really what I mean is, in general, when I hear this kind of story, that tends to be the backstory, is they were taught it from someone else and accepted it as reality, and that's that. Um, but I, we do need to, to approach these two. I, the, way that, the way that Anthony Bosman, back in like when I was still doing seasons, I think it was like episode 17 or something, Anthony Boswin comes on and we were talking about how to list, argue well, how to argue well. And he made the point that a debate or an argument is two people arriving at truth together. The problem with these kind of conversations or the, the, the problem with conversations on Facebook or social media in general tend to be that both people think they're already arriving at truth and I'm trying to bring yeah. you to truth. But if we approached every one of those conversations in confrontations with the idea of how can I arrive together at truth with this person? Right. Thesis, and, antithesis, synthesis. Yeah. Um, then I think that changes the whole game. I really do. I think that changes the whole tone of the conversation. Um, and here's the other thing, too. If the first time that you're dealing with dress or appearance is in a is in a one on one setting and you've done nothing to actually address it as a policy or as like, you know, you, you, you've not addressed it as a whole theology or as a whole system or structure, then you've got a problem, too. Um, there's, there's, we, we need to do better when it comes to handling modesty culture and like we, we do. And to any of you who 
I'll, I'll say this too. I don't, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. I'm sure I've, I've shamed someone without meaning to, or even meaning to, I don't, I don't remember anything off the top of my head. If I've done that, let me be the first to say, I'm sorry. Um, and I'm sorry it, that there are people listening to this who have been shamed for what they look like, for how they dress, for how they act, for the color of their hair or the color of their skin, whatever. If you've been shamed by any part of who you are, I'm sorry. That should have never happened. You were created in the image of God. And um, I, fir- I firmly believe that we we reflect that image more greatly when we embrace who God has made us to be. And so, um, you know, be who God's made you to be. And uh, I am sorry that there are people in the church who've stood in between you and that calling and that that purpose. So that that's that's what I have to say on it. Um, I think that's where I'm good. But Tony, I want to give you any any final thoughts here. Anything you kind of want to close on? I mean, when this happens to you, kind of bookend with how I started. When this happens to you. God forbid it ever does. Be the better person in that situation and respond the way that you confront them the way you wanted to be confronted. Um, it's hard to do in that moment. You might have to say a prayer. <laughs> I've had to multiple times and I have not reacted well more times than I have. Um, but, you know, try to be the better person, try to really stand up um, for who you are, you know, be assertive. Don't just take it. Um, But say, Hey, you know, clearly, clearly this is bigger than just me. And, um, you know, can we pray together? Can we, can we, you know, talk to this about God? Let's, let's, let's bring it up. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to, to offend you. Um, or maybe I did, you know, Hey, I, I'm, it's interesting that you took it that way. So please, you know, et cetera, et cetera, yes. et cetera. Um, you know, be the bigger person because it, it, we're not going to change culture overnight, but be the change you want to see. And I know that's cliche. I know that's everything, but that's my thing is, you know what? Don't, don't be that person. And because it is going to happen and it's going to keep happening, react to them the way that you would want someone yep. to, to confront you about it. Yep. And I think I would add to that too. Um, we're not saying stay around people who spiritually abuse you. Either. No, 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 no. Okay. No. So like stand uh, up for let, yourself. Yeah, let's not even That's let's not, not even okay. imply. Yeah. Let's not even imply like I don't even want to let that be implied because I know you didn't mean to no. imply that at all, but I don't want no. anyone to walk away with saying like, oh, so I should just stay with the people who continually no. disrespect and but, devalue me. But um Yeah, like look at that because if you're taking care of man. Like, honestly, there are times where people criticized me over things that were silly, and I could easily have, have been offended by that. And and I feel, you know, at that point, I was really glad God got me to a point where I wasn't even thinking about myself. Like, I didn't even react with hurt. I was like, that's so weird that you would even think that way. And I, and I just started thinking about, like, what, where have you, you know, what things have happened to you in your life that's led you to this point? Um, and I started talking to them about that and I said, Hey, you know, let's pray together about this. I want to, I want to, I want to journey with you. Let me, you know, tell me your story. I want to hear this because clearly this is something that, that is causing, you know, um, and there are people that they didn't want to talk and, you know, we just had a contentious relationship from that point on. Um, you know, I avoided them as much as I could, um, or, or not avoid them, but you know, I just didn't, if I could spend time in other places, I would spend time in other places, but it is what it is. But at the same time, you know, you can't control the way they're going to react. You can control the way you react. And, yep. and that would, anyway, that's my two cents or yep. eight cents or whatever. I agree. And I think this is something we're going to, we covered this, the two of us, because um, it's a current event. It's something that definitely happened recently. Uh, but we are definitely going to come back to this topic. I don't think we've said nearly all there is to say on it. And I'm, I'm hoping we can come on with a guest that doesn't look or sound like us. As well, yeah, that'd be nice. So, um, yeah, if you're interested in coming on and talking about this, please reach out to us. Uh, all of our contact info is in the show notes, so you can reach us there. If you do want to support us on, uh, if you want to support this podcast financially, and thank you to the ten or so of you that do, eleven actually, uh, eleven of you that do. Um, actually, maybe more than that. I actually think we're up to like fifteen. Um, I'm pretty sure we're up to like fifteen. But to those of you that do, thank you so much for 
um, supporting us. And yes. go to patreon.com slash absurdity podcast, and you will be able to uh, donate a dollar monthly or more. Uh, all patrons get episodes early. They get them ad-free uh, if an episode has ads. Uh, and they get a bonus episode a month. We've fallen a little bit behind on that. We're going to pick up the pace, which probably means that in June, you're going to get probably three or four bonus episodes to make up for the couple that we've missed here. Yeah. Um, and, um, but we are catching up to that. And find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash absurdity podcast. And obviously you can find us everywhere that podcasts are found. Uh, and our website is theabsurdity.org. Tony, thank you for being on. I appreciate you as always. And to our listeners, we'll see you next week. Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology.